0: This is our houses, but they want to control it. This is the Jewish country.
1: That's the sound of video of some clashes one night in May between Jewish and Palestinian residents of the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood of East Jerusalem. The video comes from Global News. The name Sheikh Jarrah has become pretty famous this year. It sparked the recent hostilities between Israel and Hamas in May, and next week, it's about to be a flashpoint again, as Israel's justice system is set to deal with the case of several Palestinian families who are appealing their forced evictions. The case was supposed to be heard in May, but Israel's attorney general postponed things until it quieted down, and now it's set to go August the 2nd. Meanwhile, there's also another set of forced evictions in another area. They're supposed to happen August 1st, although the appeals haven't gone to court. In Canada, progressive and left-leaning Jewish groups are watching the situation closely. The youth wings of JSpace Canada, Canadian Friends of Peace Now, and the New Israel Fund Canada have joined together to call on the leaders of Canada's five main political parties to pressure Israel not to allow these evictions to go ahead.
0: I think that at the end of the day, we all win, and in particular, Israelis and Palestinians will all win, When the international community, and Canada included, enforces international law and, uh, you know, creates human rights for everyone.
1: I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, July 27th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Sheikh Jarrah is the most famous epicenter of a land dispute in East Jerusalem, and this case involves about 28 Palestinian families. They've been living there since they fled other parts of Israel during the War of Independence in 1948. The Jordanians actually controlled the area at the time, and they gave the Palestinian homes in the 50s a few years later if they gave up the right to be considered refugees, which they did. Jewish settlers say those homes actually belonged to Jews well before the war, and they base their claims on documents from a century ago. So when Israel conquered the area in the 1967 war, the land came under Israel's control. Many people and world governments consider the area illegally occupied. Lately, Israel's been allowing Jewish settlers to build in the zone. It has deep significance for religious Jews, because The area is near the site that people believe is the tomb of Simon the Just. He was a Jewish high priest, and he convinced Alexander the Great not to destroy the temple. He's also the person who coined the phrase, on three things the world stands, on Torah, on worship, and on doing good deeds. Two Israeli courts have already ruled that some of the Palestinian families will have to leave Sheikh Jarrah, but their lawyers appealed. Israel's high court is supposed to deal with that case on August the 2nd. Coming up, we'll hear about the letter from the Canadian branches of JSpace, New Israel Fund, and Peace Now, and what they want Canada's political leaders to tell Israel. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. Mm-hmm. Israel's new minister responsible for the diaspora, Dr. Nachman Shai, says his government should be aware that every action it takes has an impact on Jews who live outside of Israel in the diaspora. Shai was speaking Monday to a Zoom meeting of Israel bonds Canadian and American sections. Now, he didn't speak specifically about the Sheikh Jarrah situation, but when asked why Israel doesn't do a better job of public relations to help improve the country's image, Shai said people get their news from social media now, especially young people. And so Israel has to learn to do a better job on these platforms. Meanwhile, there's a new flashpoint in Quebec's decades-old language law rules, and its epicentre is in Montreal, in the heavily Jewish town of Hampstead. Some residents noticed a few days ago that the town has been quietly removing the English words from its street signs. Town officials say they had to do it because they're ordered to by the Quebec language office, but after a Montreal Liberal Member of Parliament, Anthony Housefather, told Hampstead they are designated bilingual so street signs can be in both languages, Hampstead has now stopped the work. Local councillor Jack Edery told the suburban newspaper that if the language police come after them, Hampstead will fight it in court. Quebec's Bill 101 made French the predominant language in 1977. Mm-hmm. Kevin Keystone speaks for the New Israel Fund of Canada's New Generation Group. They're Jews under 40 who support social justice and they oppose BDS. But before you hear our interview, you should know that Keystone is also a member of some other groups, including Independent Jewish Voices, which does support the BDS movement against Israel. And on his personal social media account, he called Israel an apartheid state. Kevin Keystone joins me now. What do you want the five party leaders to do?
0: Uh, Basically, next week, there is a group of households, Palestinian households in East Jerusalem, Uh, that are being threatened with forced expulsion from their homes. And interestingly, uh, one of the households, their daughter is a Canadian citizen, Rasha Boudairi, who lives in Ottawa. Her parents live in the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood of East Jerusalem, and they've been given until August 1st to uh, essentially leave, evacuate their homes. Um, These expulsions are illegal under international law, and what we want the federal government to do Uh, The letter was also sent to, of course, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Mark Arnault. What we want the federal government to do is to reiterate the position they've already taken, which is that they oppose these forced expulsions, they oppose settlement expansion in East Jerusalem and the occupied Palestinian territories, and to urge Israel to not expel these Palestinian families.
1: It's just to go public on things that they've already told the Palestinian and Israeli leaders as just as recently as his last trip to the Middle East in the beginning of July. It's not new policy. Same thing with um, the NDP. The NDP's policy has been very clear, for example, um, on on these uh, issues, right?
0: That's exactly right. It's not new policy. It is absolutely positions that the federal government has already taken, and in particular around the forced expulsions that we saw in Sheikh Jarrah in May that ultimately led to the violence at that time. But we really want the federal government to sort of put their money where their mouth is and urge Israel to respect international law, of course, and also to not uh, go through with forcibly expelling uh, these families in August.
1: So what are you guys worried will happen either way? Uh, if Israel's uh, courts rule that these houses are going to the Nachal uh, Shimshon group and whoever else uh, you know, claims ownership
0: to them? What do you fear will happen? I mean, May wasn't that long ago. So this is it. So we are concerned um, that we could see uh, at some level a repeat of what we saw in May, which is, you know, uh, tearing apart of civil society uh, in Israel and uh, in Palestine, that it's possible that we could see uh, again violence, uh, which is what we saw in May. And... uh, yeah we are we are definitely concerned about those possible outcomes
1: so your group's letter was about the upcoming court hearings and uh august 1st and august 2nd deadline but there are wider issues the rights of palestinians and demolitions by the israeli forces israeli government and settlements as well so how does uh that play out as as far in in besides these two key dates
0: well absolutely so there are wider issues Um, There is, of course, the forced expulsions that we've talked about. Uh, There are the demolitions of homes and businesses. Uh, In particular, there was a business that was demolished in Silwan uh, recently. And in fact, speaking of Silwan, there are 86 families there that are under threat of expulsion. Um, But there are 20 homes that are at imminent risk of demolition. And in Silwan, the homes of more than a thousand Palestinians are under threat of demolition. Um, The Israeli government, um, through its restrictions and regulations on building homes and zoning bylaws and that kind of thing, um, also uh, prevents Palestinians from being able to build homes and build businesses. And this is also part of the overall campaign to, frankly, replace them with illegal Israeli settlers and settlements. Um, So not only are we calling for the end of forced expulsions and the end of the home demolitions and evictions, but we're also calling for adequate permitting so that Palestinians can build their homes, their businesses, their communities um, where they live. Understood. I do need to ask you on
1: your Twitter, uh, your personal Twitter, you've called for supporting BDS through your union um, and you called it Israel Apartheid. Um, So is that words that the New Israel Fund would approve of as well?
0: So the New Israel Fund of Canada does not support BDS um, and is very much in support of a two-state solution.
1: Uh, So is there anything else you want our listeners to understand? Yeah, I think
0: uh, Israeli human rights and Palestinian human rights are inextricably bound. They really are bound together. You cannot have one without the other. And so the advocacy that we're doing as part of New Israel Fund of Canada, as part of the New Israel Fund international family, and our social change organization partners on the ground, right, Omdimbiyachad Standing Together, which is an organization that works to bridge civil society and bridge the divide between Palestinians and in Israel, Ir uh, Amim, which works for Uh, The human rights of everyone who lives in Jerusalem, whether Palestinian or Israeli. And so when we advocate for Palestinian human rights and Palestinian civil rights and political rights, freedom of movement, the end of the occupation, we are doing this, of course, in service of Palestinian rights, but we are also doing it in service of Israeli human rights. And we are doing it in service of a just and democratic Israel and one that stands for its founding principles as articulated in its Declaration of Independence. So we do this in service of Israel as well. And that, I hope, the listeners of the CJN Daily will really take to heart.
1: Keystone is a Toronto-based writer and researcher, and soon he'll be heading to Harvard University in the fall to study theology. By the way, the Canadian Friends of Peace Now are sponsoring a virtual event Friday from Jerusalem Residents of the Sheikh Jarrah neighbourhood will speak, and members of Israel's Knesset will be there, too. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. And today's listener shout-out goes to Judy Gutman of Toronto. She helped me pick the theme music for the CJ and Daily that you listen to when we launched in early May. And so I want to say thank you to Judy. And we'll end this episode with a clip from Sunday's rally outside Toronto's City Hall. It was organized by the group End Jew Hatred. About 100 people showed up. They're demanding better protection for Jews who wear Jewish symbols in public, like kippahs. We demand a world in which Jews can live free of discrimination, hatred and oppression a world in which our civil rights and human rights are protected by laws and our inclusion in society is backed by societal consequences for those who dare violate our rights. Today we stand with End Jew Hatred Berlin where Jews are expressing their demand to be safe to express themselves by wearing Jewish symbols.